How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Daily News Updates for Monday, May the 10th. I hope you had a tremendous weekend, and I'm here today to recap all of the news from the past few days. Let's jump into it. Uh, The first thing I want to talk about is the 23rd Annual IGF Awards, which is the Independent Games Festival, IGF. They have revealed the finalist for all of their uh, categories. And if you're unfamiliar, the IGF Awards are pretty much considered the biggest annual awards for indie games. It's been going on since 1998. So I'm just going to walk you through the top honor, the Seamus McAnally Grand Prize. And I'm actually going to talk a little bit about each of these games. You might be interested in them. Like I said, they're indie games. Uh, The first one you might have heard of, it's called Spiritfarer. I've talked about it on the show before. Uh, It's about a girl named Stella who has taken over for Charon as the fairy master who carries souls from the world of the living to the world of the dead. So Stella will meet spirits along her journey, help them fulfill their final wishes before sending them off to the afterlife. Uh, It's a narrative-driven game. It's got some very strong writing. And it has some resource management elements as well. You're on a boat and you build farms and houses for people. It's pretty cool. The game released last August. A lot of people talking about it. You should definitely check it out. Next game here is Genesis Noir. And it has noir in the name, but also in its theme. Uh, It's a point-and-click adventure with a film noir aesthetic. And it takes the main character through what they call time and space. It's a very ambitious setting where the main character is in a love triangle with these other cosmic beings, as they call them. And you do some time traveling and space exploring to prevent a murder. It's a great-looking game. Again, that's Genesis Noir. Uh, The next nomination is called Teardown. And the basic concept of Teardown is that you can destroy anything in the world. It's got voxel graphics, and basically you're trying to achieve your goal as fast as possible by destroying things. Sometimes they throw, like, a heist at you, and you complete the heist by smashing away the walls and blowing up the ceiling, do anything you want, and then make your escape. Uh, Currently in early access. The next one is Chicory, A Colorful Tale. Now, this game hasn't come out yet, so there's not a lot of details, but essentially it's a top-down adventure game set in a coloring book. The previews look fantastically cute, very adventurous. That releases this spring. Uh, The next one is Paradise Killer. This is another detective game, but it's in a vaporwave world. And the whole concept of this one is that it's a murder mystery, but you can investigate it in an open world. So you can talk to people, find clues, and then in the end, gather evidence and accuse whoever you want and defend that accusation in trial. It looks really, really cool. It released last September. If that sounds like your kind of game, it's called Paradise Killer. And then the last one is called Umurangi Generation. This is probably the smallest game out of them all. Uh, It's a first-person photography simulator. It's got this aesthetic kind of like Jet Set Radio, right, set in the near future. And you are judged on your photos that you take, and then you can buy better equipment. And anyway, it's a photography simulator. What else do you need to know? So anyway, I learned about some of these games for the first time. I think they're all super cool. And something I really love about these awards is that they aren't afraid to nominate even the smallest games. So feel free to check out the other categories on your own, but I'll definitely be announcing the winners when the awards take place on July 21st, same day as the GDC awards. Hey, Resident Evil Village released last Friday, and it is the talk of the town right now. On launch day, it saw over 100,000 concurrent players on Steam, And that makes it Capcom's biggest PC launch ever for a Resident Evil game. At this pace, it's set to be the company's best-selling game in the franchise to date, which is pretty dope. 
Uh, considering how happy people have been with the recent Resident Evil games, I'm really looking forward to what they have in store for the future. Let's keep that momentum going. A sequel to 2019's Judgment has been announced. It's called Lost Judgment. Now, if you've never heard of them, these are developed by Sega's Yakuza development team, and they are all about this detective trying to solve various murders. So in Lost to Judgment, which is the new game, the protagonist is going to be going undercover at a local high school, and it is fantastically over-the-top, much like Yakuza is. Feel free to check out, like, the full-length reveal that they did. They go super in detail about the game. And outlets have pointed out that while these games do look a lot like Yakuza, they are standalone titles, so you don't have to have played Yakuza. Lost Judgment is going to have some new fighting styles compared to its predecessor and some investigation options, but it looks like it's continuing the narrative, so you might want to start with the first game, if you're playing it for the first time. It releases on both Xbox and PlayStation consoles, but not PC, on September 24th. And then just as a super quick side story, it has also been confirmed that the Yakuza franchise is going to continue to be a turn-based RPG following the change in the most recent game. Traditionally, it's an action RPG, but they've committed to turn-based now. Seems like people are generally okay with it. Anyway, folks, I'm out of time. That's all the news. Thank you so much for being here. I would also like to give a tremendous thank you to Jamie for leaving this show a five-star review. It's greatly appreciated. And hey, I'll be back with the news tomorrow, as always. So until next time, happy gaming, everyone. Hey, it's the TGO After Show. Hello and welcome. I'm super intrigued by these games that were nominated for the IGF Awards. I remember when Genesis Noir was first announced. I loved the aesthetic of the game. And I never ended up playing it. I think it is on the Game Pass, actually, so I don't really have a good excuse for not playing it. Because I should go out of my way to try indie games, right? But that's okay, you know, with these IGF Awards, I might actually try and play them in advance of the awards taking place. And I mentioned at the end there, like, I really love how... I haven't heard of most of these games, and maybe I should have, like really I should pay more attention to indie games than I currently do, but there are some honorable mentions for all of the categories at the IGF, and if you look at the honorable mentions for the grand prize, they are games that you've heard of. There is Bug Snacks and Spelunky 2, right? Like, Spelunky 2 is an honorable mention. Some people call Spelunky one of the greatest games ever made, but it's also incredibly popular, right? It's going to win other awards, if not this one. Uh, Carto has been making the rounds, all about a cartographer. Uh, Blaseball, right? Like the fantasy baseball simulator. Nobody would have batted an eye if those things were nominated, but instead they do things like Teardown and Umurangi Generation. I think that's really cool. You know, indie games are one of those things that's like, it's tough, right? Because so many people are making games now, and it's so much more accessible than it was even 10 years ago to make an indie game and release and publish an indie game. So there's a lot of them, right? And you only have so much time to pay attention to so many games. I don't know. It's definitely something, like I said, I, I want to do a little bit more of. And I really love that things like IGF exist. You know, in, uh, in 2015, the winner of, of the IGF Grand Prize was Outer Wilds, right? And nobody could stop talking about Outer Wilds when it eventually released four years later. IGF had the jump on that, and that's really cool. You know, if uh, if I were in charge of, like, a big gaming brand, you know, let's say The Observer really takes off, I would really, really love to have a division of The Observer that just focuses on indie games. And unfortunately, it would likely be a trade-off, right? Because the reason why some people don't cover indie games is because they really don't generate clicks unless they are a standout title like 
I don't know, Hades or Spiritfarer or Outer Wilds. But for the most part, you know, making videos or articles or podcasts about games that people haven't heard of aren't usually worth it for the person making it. But for the people who do listen to that stuff, it's like, that's really valuable, right? I would say the indie game community is very strong. It's just not very large. So anyway, in the same way, when, you know, if I, when I imagine the Observer as being like this giant media corporation, which it's never going to be, but just when I'm, you know, dreaming, you know, I think about things like having an esports division and having a coverage of, I don't know, fighting games, you know, just, just like getting into these niches, maybe fighting games is a little too specific and esports is probably covered well enough at this point by something like the esports observer which already exists. But you get my point, right? Like, I, I like this idea of doing something more than just the daily updates and have it be valuable coverage that matters. And if you can do that with indie games, that would be amazing. Anyway, folks, that's that's enough rambling. Uh, thank you for being here. Greatly appreciated. Let me know if you have, like, any indie games that you really loved that you think doesn't get enough coverage. I would like to check them out. I can't guarantee talking about it on the show or anything like that, but... I would at least like to check out a Steam page or something. And I'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? So until then, farewell. <laughs>